Anyway, since we seem to be out of witnesses, I thought I'd drink a little. And here we are. Tyler, how's it going? Hey, I'm all right. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, had a relative busy morning. Had a two-hour Zoom conference with a bunch of lawyers out of Calgary. Yeah. And went out of Lethbridge. Mr. Robert Bissett, who I know you're... Oh, Bob. Uh, I got lots of files with Bob right now. They're fun. Um... But now I've finished my lunch and I've got a uh, straight uh, Jack Daniels with my special yeah, yeah. whiskey ice cup. Jeez, I am a little behind. I'm, I'm having a cup of black coffee. Well. So be it. There we go. <laughs> um, I am wearing a button shirt because um, I know you had some criticism of my... Uh, yeah, there were some comments from some of our viewers that I received personally about your attire during our last uh, our last video. I'm not wearing a jacket or a tie because it's Friday and screw that noise. Um, so, uh, uh, if, what I thought we'd talk about, we talked about this briefly, um, is sort of uh, lawyers and egos and uh, and what we do about that, or should we do anything about that? And, and, and what got me thinking about it is um, I was listening to a podcast uh, and they were talking about narcissism and ego. And they talked about this TikTok video that everybody has seen yeah. where you've got this gentleman in Idaho whose truck broke down. And rather than apparently go into a tizzy about it, he got on a longboard and went to work drinking a bottle of cranberry juice and uh, while singing to a Fleetwood Mac song, and which it, it went viral, and, and the discussion was, why is it viral? What is it about this, this guy that uh, struck people? And their consensus was, and I tend to agree, is this guy just had this air of authenticity. He was, he was living in that moment, in that place, um, and if anyone hasn't seen it, go look up uh, Cranberry Skateboarder and it'll show up. But uh, as I understand, he's part Hispanic and part Aboriginal. He's got a tattoo in the back of his head with a brush cut of uh, what I'm assuming are, are spiritual feathers. So, so he seems very content with himself, even though he's in a, in a situation of some distress, one would assume. Uh, and I think that resonated with people. And, and the thing that struck me, I was, I was listening to this in the morning, was this isn't us as a profession and the people we know, right? This is not the kind of people we typically relate to. And the thing that struck me the most is I've been on all sorts of boards and things and, and lovely people, don't get me wrong. Lawyers are some of the most giving people in the world. But whenever you get a group of lawyers together, it, th there is not a lot of authenticity necessarily in that room. Am I wrong or am I just being, am I being uncharitable? Okay, so as a young guy, I've had a little bit of a tough time navigating that. When am I with these other lawyers and we're just buddies and I can say what I think and just relax and be me? And when am I supposed to make sure that 
people are understanding that I am confident that I'm good at what I do and I'm knowledgeable and I'm confident and I have my shit together. Uh, so I have struggled a little bit with that. How do you, who are you? Who are you supposed to be? And I've probably erred on both sides of that on occasion. So it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. And, and your point is good because there are lawyers that we engage with uh, personally. So yeah. you and, and Alan and I, for example, and we'll right. go for lunch or we'll have a drink and we have discussions candidly about how stupid we are about the dumb things that we do in trying to deal with our spouses or other issues. Yeah. Um, and, and there's no air of, of trying to impress each other with how competent we are. In fact, it's quite often the opposite. Um, uh, but really we get in a larger group and we don't do that typically. Typically the lawyers get together and let me tell you about my successes of late. Uh, and how I did at the Court of Appeal and blah, 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 blah. And it struck me that uh, there's a weakness in that or there's a, something wanting in there that maybe as a profession we could learn to uh, improve upon. It's just kind of my own thought. Um, what do you think? Why? Why, would that, why is that an improvement, I guess, is my... My first thought, I think I would be a lot more comfortable if I could just be myself and relaxed and not worried about having to impress or, or embarrass myself as much or whatever, right? If you just relax and enjoy it. We did a Christmas party. You were there last year, uh, a group of us lawyers, and there was a comedian who really poked fun at most of us. And uh, that was good. I think it was fun. Yeah, but you were gone before this happened, I think, but I used to emcee our Christmas parties for the city of Lethbridge. And it was uh, a roast. And there were lawyers before me that did that. Uh, Bruce Hepburn, um, um, Art Larson. Um, and it was a roast. Uh, and the intent was, we had to give our egos a shake and say, you know what, we aren't all that in a bag of chips. And some of us are significantly less than a bag of chips. And so it was a one opportunity a year that we could poke fun at ourselves um, and, and criticize each other in a sort of com comedic way. And uh, that ended because frankly, um, a bunch of young lawyers couldn't deal with it. Uh, the senior lawyers were happy getting abused. Bob Bissett, we talked about, I made fun of him every single year um, because their firm is a large firm and they can take own and they're predominantly or were at that point LDS uh, Mormons. So they were easy targets and every year I made fun of them somehow. And every year Bob Bissett showed up and laughed and that was okay. Yeah. Uh, some first or second year lawyer got his feelings hurt and next thing you know, oh, well, this is just terrible. And it really is reminiscent of what came after that, which is this sort of tragic safe spaces we want to create. Apparently, Lethbridge lawyers need safe spaces. Um, anyway. Uh, All right. No, this is interesting. So maybe there was some benefit to us being able to poke a little fun at ourselves as a profession or even a little bit individually that, yeah. I think so. maybe, that is, maybe that is valuable. We can just, yeah, uh, take off 
yeah, take the stress out and just be ourselves a little bit and not have to hold ourselves up to that, yeah, type A personality kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think so. I think, I think it even maybe relates a little bit to access to justice, you know? Um, people are disenfranchised more and more with the justice system. Um, and in part, it's because we set ourselves uh, occasionally above um, the rest of society. Uh, or at least that's the way we portray things. We are these intelligent Renaissance people, men and women, um, but we're all flawed. And, you know, my experience, I think I've mentioned this before, one of my favorite groups of clients are farmers and ranchers because there's a basic wisdom, but there's also an applied wisdom that is something different than what we do or what doctors do uh, or accountants. It's, they got their hands in the dirt and they're dealing with animals. And, and I find that fascinating. And the idea that um, I'm here and they're here is so ridiculous because if you let me loose on a ranch or a farm, I'd be less than useless. Um, so I think there's, uh, there's some benefit to us as a profession going, you know what, we're flawed. And I think especially because um, we know our profession is struggling right now to uh, improve access to justice. Um, well, if we wanna improve something, we have to be able to look at ourselves critically and go, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. Um, and that requires a healthy ego, not a narcissistic ego. Um, so that was, you know, the thing that struck me is um, we could use a little humility, maybe, including myself, you know. I give you a bad time quite often. I've been thinking lately, Tyler's known to buy uh, two blizzards at the same time, and he eats one and he puts the other in the freezer. And I, yeah. I harass him about that constantly. And, and, and there's, there is a sort of an arrogance in that. We're partners and it's our office, not my office. And I catch myself going, ah, you know what? Like, uh, you're not all that in a bag of chips either. Uh, there's things you're doing in the office. I know I leave a mess in the office and you have to come in and you got to straighten out the desk because we share an office space there. So anyway, I, I just thought uh, as a profession, as we relate to each other and our clients, um, little humility goes a long way is kind of my own thought. What, do you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I like the point about access to justice. I think that that makes sense. Um, I think the thing that really strikes me is a lot of young lawyers don't stay lawyers for very long, especially in private practice. Yeah. And it is hard. I get that. Maybe, yeah, I think that I take it a little more personally that maybe, maybe it would be easier and it's a hard job at what we do. Maybe it would be easier if we, yeah, if we weren't, if we weren't held to that, if we didn't hold ourselves to that standard if we could let ourselves be people and make mistakes and learn from them. And, you know, but at the same time, you got to balance that with, you have to be confident. You have to, you know, especially in, in litigation settings in court, not for a second. Can you look like you're, you don't know what you're doing. You have the lower hand. You, you gotta, and, and if you do have a problem, you have to acknowledge this thing exists. I get it. I understand it fully, but here's my point, you know, so you gotta come out strong and confident and compelling in court. But, uh, but beyond that, I think really there's, there should be a lot of room for us to be able to 
just be ourselves and that's important. And I, yeah, you know what? I, I'm going to commit to doing that a little bit more, being a little more honest about that and worrying less about what other lawyers or, you know, whoever thinks about me. I think that's, I think that's good. I might make the profession a little bit friendlier, a little bit better. Yeah. And, 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 and I think it's also possible that you don't lose your capacity to be effective while you're doing that. I don't think you need to be arrogant or uh, obnoxious to be an effective lawyer, particularly a litigator. You know, I think about somebody like, uh, you know, it's fictitious, but you know, Barney Miller, or not Barney Miller, uh, who was the old country lawyer in the seersucker suit? Uh, Andy Griffith. Anyway, you know, there's all shucks Southern lawyer types. Right. Um, uh, uh, a lawyer that passed away uh, this year, sadly, this past year, Phil North was like that. Um, he had this kind of aw shucks kind of approach to things, but he was wicked smart. And uh, he was a pretty good litigator for sure. And he had this ability to look at a judge and kind of, you know, knock his toes together and go, well, I might just be a simple lawyer from Southern Alberta, but it strikes me that, you know, and then he'd make an, an incredibly erudite point. And I think in some ways that's more effective than trying to be arrogant with the judge and, and, and portray that, you know, things that they don't know. Right. Right. Um, okay. So I think we can be a little bit humble, but still be effective. I like that. Yeah. Um, when I do arguments, I still find my way in, you know, I'm still finding my way in the courtroom and I, uh, I like to think that I'm effective, but I'm definitely still finding my way. And it's always a funny, it's almost like a drama show. It's almost like you got to put on a little act and it's a little different and weird. And sometimes I'm a little, uh, on one end or the other. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I try to think that I, I do what occasion calls for, but I, it's definitely, I'm still finding my way there. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think you're right. I think the court's a weird place. I mean, I enjoy it. I've been doing it for 35 years. There is, there is an art to it. There is a certain uh, artifice in that process. But I think even that being said, saying to a judge, uh, I understand why you would have a misgiving over the argument I'm making. And it might appear to you at first glance that this is a problem. But understanding that doubt you may have, let me tell you why I think that the case we have is appropriate. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, there's only one answer here, right? And it has to be this. Um, uh, I think the former approach might be more effective in the long run. Maybe it depends on the judge. Um, but, uh, but then there's another issue I think, which is lawyer mental health. Um, yeah. I think the extent to which we live a life that's a lie, that is inauthentic, that we're not being the person we want to be, it takes a toll. And I think when you can be yourself, when you can be, uh, vulnerable on some level, uh, at least, uh, occasionally, I think it's healthier. Yeah, and I think the ability to be self-critical 
not beat yourself up, but to ask yourself, could I have done a better job or uh, have I been my best person today? Uh, I think that makes us healthier people because the legal profession is known for high rates of addiction, high rates of suicide, uh, burnout generally. And I think we can learn something from uh, the Cranberry Skateboard Dude. It's kind of my thought. I like it. I think that's a great idea. So I don't know. I, I probably won't be skateboarding down a road drinking my Jack Daniels here. <laughs> uh, I think there's something there. I think, I don't know. This is my thought for the, uh, for the week, I suppose. All right. Well, let's commit to trying to be as genuine as we can and, and uh, keep giving you a tough time. I like it. I've got five brothers, two sisters. I can take it. And I'll give it back. So I think we got to keep that going on. That's, that's healthy. All right. Or we just abuse Alan. He could use it a little. Yeah. I think so. Cause he's, he's pretty smug. He is pretty smug. Talking about Alan Denbach because our partner that doesn't come on a podcast. Yeah. yeah. He's just a little too good for the rest of us or something, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, we'll let Alan have it this next week. So anyway, what, what do you got planned for the weekend? Uh, we have a, uh, a uh, wedding. wedding to attend. Yeah, my wife's brother is I understand you're going in a very tight circumstance with at least 50 people. So you're uh, probably going to have COVID Monday is what you're telling me. I think it's, it's sort of the other way around. It's, it is a small venue, uh, but I think there's two floors to it. So I'm hoping that it helps. And then... Uh, and it's not that there's, there's not a minimum of 50. I think there's a maximum of 50. And I, I'm hoping, and I think it's going to be less than that, including all staff and stuff. So, uh, so we're following the guidelines. And uh, it's a riskier situation, I suppose, than uh, I would normally spend my weekend as far as COVID's concerned. But, uh, but hey, it's not uh, every day your little brother gets married. So here we go. There is that. Although I did read this morning... Um an article on where you're most likely to get COVID. Oh no. And the two highest people places were bars and weddings. Well, now in Lethbridge, it seems to be, we've got churches uh, for sure on the list. What else have we seen? A lot of weddings and churches though. So there's that. Oh, true. Yeah. All right. That's a good point. Lots of weddings and churches. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm freaked out about it or not. I mean, uh, Donald Trump got through it. No problems apparently. Although, Nancy Pelosi wants to bring a 25th Amendment argument that he's got loss of capacity. Somebody maybe should have that discussion about her. Her <laughs> <laughs> most senior politicians in the United States probably have some diminished capacity. Um, yeah, let's be a little cautious about COVID. I can't, we let it kind of stop the world for a bit and I don't think we can let that continue, but uh, we should be careful and cautious. Yeah, we were doing, we were kind of riding a wave there. At one point, we had zero COVID cases in Lethbridge. And for a while, too, yeah. But now and then last week, it kind of went nuts. Yeah, Lethbridge. A little bit for Lethbridge. Um, yeah. I don't know, what do we got now? 18 cases live here now or something like that? No, I think it's 38 in Lethbridge. In Lethbridge? Active, yeah. It's just under 40. And I think in Lethbridge County, it's just under 30 or just over 30. Look it up, yeah. I'm gonna look it up. There's quite a few right now. So we gotta be kind of careful. 
Let's see. Lethbridge News now. Big fire on the west side this morning. A fire. Oh, there you are. Apartment fire. It looks like my old apartment building. Where's that at? Uh, Wall Stride, sort of by behind Save on Food. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not me. No. I don't see any Lethbridge COVID stuff. 22 hours ago. Uh, the article is uh, titled Province Announces Voluntary Restrictions in Edmonton as COVID Cases Surge. And if you kind of follow down to the bottom, the breakdown uh, for the South Zone uh, is 44 active in Lethbridge. Really? Lethbridge County, 33 active. So apparently I'm going to be at home all weekend. You be careful. I myself. I'm old. I'm 58 years old. I've been telling you that for a long time. I'm and not skinny. And so stout people, nice way to refer to fat people, um, are at greater risk for COVID complications. Stay home. Or fragile people, you know, not naming names, but oh. people. So stay home, enjoy your weekend at home. I know, uh, going to Thanksgiving with my parents on Monday, but it's just them and my daughter. Yeah, we're kind of skipping that because we're after after our group our gathering on the Saturday, we don't want to expose anybody. So we're sort of, yeah, we're not gonna do anything. Yeah. You're not even having your own little Thanksgiving dinner? Yeah. Yeah. Our household will have our own little Thanksgiving dinner. Are you gonna make a turkey? I bought it a couple days ago, yeah. Damn it. I've got a new gas oven. I've never I've never kept a turkey in, so I'm excited. Is it convection? Convection, yes. Yes, they work very nice, I find. For a turkey. With everything, but yes, turkey. Well, yeah, for everything. Yeah, it's been good. Yeah, yeah. Um, my mother's making a ham, and I don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth. And I love seeing my mom and dad, but I really wanted a turkey, so I might just cook a turkey tomorrow just by myself. You know what? I would have preferred a ham, but we have a turkey. We should exchange leftovers. Is what we should. Uh, go to see my mom and dad. No, have dinner with your kids and your wife. <laughs> I don't really want to get anyone else sick. That's my. Oh, yeah, fine. I'll go see your mom and dad. All right. Well, anyway, um, we're sort of half hour in, roughly. Uh, uh, enjoy the weekend, and uh, I guess we'll see you Tuesday. See you Tuesday. Ciao.